0: O oh my Lord, open for me my chest, and ease for me my task, and untie the knot from my tongue, that they may understand my speech. Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ya jama'in. Rabbi shrahli sadarii, wa yassirli amarii, wa hlulu qudata min lisaani yafqahu qawli. Rabbi Zidna'ilma, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa My beautiful sisters, welcome to another episode of the Women of Quran Now podcast. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, my beautiful sisters. Alright, I hope you guys are ready for um, today's episode. We are doing uh, juice 4, so we're doing an ayah from juice 4. And the ayah that we have selected for you guys... Is a beautiful ayah and it's such a comforting ayah for me especially especially with everything that's happening right now as I'm recording this we are in October 2023 and the ummah is really going through it and this is really an ayah that um, I find very very comforting and I hope you do as well so grab your mushaf and let's go to surah Ali Imran and let's go to Aya one hundred and seventy three. So, as always, we're going to start with the recitation. Aru villa him in a shaitan in Rajim. A lady call a lahum nassu in Nassa called a jama lacum. In so <laughs> no they it says translation those to whom hypocrites said indeed the people have gathered against you so fear them but it merely increased them in faith and they said sufficient for us is allah and he is the best disposer of affairs allah akbar let's go into it sisters let's go into it my dear women of quran now so um right now let's look at, I'm, I'm going to pull from different tafsir as always so I'm looking at what Ali Narihan said about this particular ayah he was basically um, the gem that I got from his taf- taf- tafsir was that he was basically saying you know this ayah is teaching us to focus on our relationship with Allah to not focus on the threats on the conspiracies on what XYZ are doing but to focus on our relationship with Allah because Allah is the only one who can help us. And he was saying that, you know, someone came to him and said, you know, you know about these people, they're trying to do this, they're trying to do this to the Muslims. And he told him, he said, you know, what do you want me to do about it? He said, because if I, if you really want to know my advice, I would tell you study the Book of Allah. Spend time with the Book of Allah. Because he's the only one who can help us, right? And I love that advice. Because studying the speech of Allah, I know personally, like from personal experience, with, um, with all my emotions up and down with everything that's happening, seeing children being killed, seeing women being killed, innocent people. Then these are not soldiers, right? These are like civilians, being comp- like killed with no, um, not not even no remorse. No, you you don't feel like everybody's just turning a blind eye. Not say everybody. I mean, you know, it, it's just really amazing to me. So when you see that and. You really feel it. You feel for them, and you don't really know what to do. And so it's so easy to just think, okay, what what is it? What are they gonna do? You know, what are they It's so easy to focus on enemy. That's the point. But you know, refocusing back on Allah. This ayah is like, no, wait, wake up, focus back on Allah. Don't worry about all that noise. Focus back on Allah because Allah is the best disposal of affairs. So I love his advice and um, his his reflection on this ayah. I wanted to share that with you. Um, let's go into um, Asadi. Asadi says, you know, he gives a little bit of the context of this particular ayah. So he says, when the Prophet sallam, came back from the Battle of Uhud to Medina, he heard that Abu Sufyan and the polytheists with him were thinking of coming back to Medina. So the Battle of Uhud just happened. The muslims are injured um they are feeling really bad emotionally because you know they was disobeyed they disobeyed rasulullah and if you want more of that information um you know just look up a Sirah book um look up a Sirah lecture and uh look up the battle of uhud okay it's a very very emotional battle um so the muslims really um were at a low point, right, they they felt really bad because they had disobeyed Allah and his messenger. And and then they felt really bad because of how the battle turned out, because it was actually initially Muslims were they had the upper hand, and then because of that disobedience, you know, everything kind of fell down. And then, um, alhamdulillah, you know, um, the Quraysh left, they left, they left without any hostages, and this is what Abu Sufyan felt like. He should come back because they were like wait a minute we didn't even we didn't we didn't, ha- we didn't take any hostages yes we killed their people we mutilated some of them but we didn't take any hostages anything like we're going back empty-handed let's just go back right so he felt like he didn't really win the battle and so he um he sent uh you know messengers saying that you know they're coming back and so when the prophet heard that he called the companions to go out. So they went out. Despite the injuries, I'm now reading the test here with Sally, despite the injuries they had sustained in response to the call of Allah and his messenger. It was like, it's almost like Allah gave them an opportunity to make up. And they were, they were so ready to make up. You know, it's, I can totally relate because of my the way I felt with my hajj last year. I went to hajj, it's something I had prayed for for like over, I think 10 years and i was so 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 grateful to have gone to hajj but then when i got to hajj i was trying i was really trying and i felt like i didn't pass my trials and i had like a bitter feeling about some parts of my Hajj. yes um, i think i end on, the, on a strong note alhamdulillah. but i was just like allah i want to be able to go back even if it's like Umrah, to just you know um It was like I wanted to to correct some things. I wanted to make an Umrah as a a toba, right? And um, I just didn't really feel right until Allah brought me back. Alhamdulillah, He brought me back a year later. Actually, exactly a year later to Umrah. and, And it was a completely different experience than my Hajj. It was just, everything was just perfect, so beautiful. And I really felt like Allah had given me another opportunity. And so, you know, subhanAllah, here you have the sahaba, they, you know, they feel really bad. And then um, Rasulullah tells them, even though they're injured, he says, let's go, let's go back and, 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 and meet, let's go back because, let's go out because of, you know, Abu Sufyan is trying to come back. Let's go out, let's not wait for them to come all the way to Medina. And so they are now responding to Allah. And his messenger, and I'm trying to make up. And in obedience to Allah and his messenger, when they reach, it says when they reach Hamra al-Assad, some people uh, came to them and told them, the people have gathered, and so those people, they're called the hypocrites, right? The people have gathered against you, and they are thinking of eradicating you. They said this in order to, sc- to scare them, sorry, in order to scare them and cause alarm. But that only increased them in faith. And trust in Allah and this is where I'm reminded of you know the people of Palestine like really I'm saying Palestine but Palestine I think is the the American way of saying it the French way is Palestine so Um, but I really see that like with everything they're going through you know they're telling the Muslim world don't worry about us do not worry about us because we know we have Iman we rely on Allah we we have perfect Iman and actually, I, I watched a message from a Palestinian who was saying to the Muslim Ummah, he said, no, we know what that we are being tried, and we know that we have no doubt about you know the help of Allah. And we have no doubt about uh, that this is a trial for us, but it's also an opportunity for us to be martyrs. And so we, we, we understand our position very well. But you guys... You need to do something because you will be asked about what you are doing. And so he said, you know, you need to be praying for us. Not because we need it. Not so much because we need it. But because you need to be able to say something to Allah about what you did. And so he was saying that. And that was so powerful because, you know, he's right. Like, nobody is going to help them except Allah. And, if, and, and many of them understood that no one is going to save them except allah no one no one is going to help them except allah but are we going to be part of the solution or are we going to be part of the problem right so that is uh, you know for each one of us to 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 ponder on but subhanallah you know the, the fact that those people are saying you know we have gathered against you they have gathered against you and you know they're trying to scare them and allah is saying what is happening in their heart because iman is in the heart we cannot tell the iman of someone. Yeah, we can think, you know, by listening to them and listening to what they're saying. We can, we can think. I saw a little boy, a Palestinian boy. He, a young. I, I don't even think he's like seven years old. Like between five and seven. He's injured. He's on the, the bed, hospital bed. And he keeps saying, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. He just keeps saying, Allahu Akbar. That's a child who taught him that. The life but his parents of course. So like you see that and you see that you, you feel like this is Iman. But we don't know the heart. We don't know the heart. Only Allah knows. But here for the companions, they're not the ones telling us that Iman increase. Allah who knows the heart, who knows what's inside the hearts of people. He is telling us that the companions, when they were threatened, when they were being um, they were being told things to scare them, it only increased them in faith and trust in Allah. Ah subhanallah sisters it's so powerful. And they said Allah is sufficient for us. Allah <laughs> Allah. Meaning this, Asadi says that it means that Allah is the one who will protect us from all that is causing us concern. Subhanallah. He is the best disposer of affairs. Meaning he is the one who is in control of his slaves' affairs and looked looks after their interests. And so this, like the next ayah, I have to read to you the next ayah. So ayah 174 says, so they return with favor from Allah. And bounty no harm having touched them because what happened Abu Sufyan heard that the Muslims actually came, came out to meet them and so he was like mm, no let's just go back to Mecca right so no harm having touched them and they pursued the pleasure of Allah so not only they pleased Allah because they, they, they stood up they showed up for the obedience they pleased Rasulullah because he obeyed him and nothing touched them and they were rewarded as a result. And Allah is a possessor of great bounty. And then I want to read to you also the next ayah, ayah 175, because it's it's kind of linked. 175, Allah tells us that that is only shaitan who frightens you of his supporters. So fear them not, but fear me if you are indeed believers. So 173 is telling us that there's a threat on the believers. The Sahaba are facing a threat at a moment where they're really low. In meaning, they're injured. They didn't win really the battle. In um, a way, you could say they won. They won because um, they were not taken hostage. There are many ways you could look at it, but the point is, compared to Badr, when Badr is a is a is a complete win. Uhud, however, it was not that way, right? There was some disobedience, like I mentioned earlier. And so, you know, they, they are really feeling really guilty and really bad. And then Allah gives them this opportunity and they show up and they're like, yeah, they respond to the call of Allah and and, 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 and they go to meet the enemy, thinking the enemy will come and their iman is increased and they determine and they put their full trust in Allah. And they say, Allah, and, and, and so, Allah says if you are a believer this is this is like this is the case study when somebody threatens you this is how your response should be remember who is in control shaitan is gonna try to scare you things are gonna look scary it's gonna look you know like oh there's no way out they have more power more weapons more this more that you know um, usually you know threats that's how threats are if you've been threatened in your life you know people only threaten you when they have something and you and you know, it's easy for you to be so obsessed with You know um, The enemy and the threat that you forget the bigger picture you forget that wait. That's a human being like me Even if I die, he's gonna die too. We are gonna meet Allah That's why I said like, you know in a previous episode, I said the people who are oppressing do they forget? They're also gonna die They kill somebody today, they're gonna follow, they may follow even the next hour because you don't control when you die, right? So, at the end of the day, what we want to all be concerned about is how do we go back to Allah because we're on our way to Allah. We saw that in in the um, Jews, um, in the Jews' second, right? I want for you eight in Baqarah, right. So we are all going towards a particular direction. A direction, you know, one of the directions is that we're all going to Allah. We're all going to the day of judgment. We're going towards that, to stand in front of Allah, meet Allah. And so are we thinking about that? <coughs> in the actions of our day-to-day actions. <coughs> Sorry. So I also want to share with you, so this was a Saudi. Um I wanna share with you, I'm gonna come back to a Saudi, but let me share with you what Ibn Kathir says. He says that when, you know, they were threatening them, he says, those who threatened the people, saying that the disbelievers have a mass against them in order to instill fear in them, but this did not worry them. It did not worry the believers. Rather, they trusted in Allah and sought his help. And they said, Allah is sufficient for us, and he is the best disposer of affairs. And also, um, my my Italian class, um, I'm taking a Italian class with Sister Tainia, um and we studied this passage. And so she said in her tafsir uh, in the class, she was breaking down um, al waqil, and she was saying that al wakil is the one you entrust your affairs with. It's the name of Allah. He is the best of the Wakil. When we say ni'am al waqil, we are actually praising Allah. We're saying he is the best of. Uh, of the Waqil, So Allah is enough for the believers. Hasbunallah He is enough for the believers. If you say she said if you say this statement with conviction, you will see your worries go away, melt away. Right? You are putting because why? You're putting your trust in Allah and you find peace in that. And I think that's why um, I, I I literally saw that with the Palestinians. There was another message that I listened to. It was a woman this time around. So I told you there was a man who was saying, you know, don't worry about us, but worry about you and how you are. You know, what part are you playing in all this? Because you're gonna answer to Allah. Um, I told you about the little boy on his medical, on his hospital bed, and he was saying, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. And I also heard a woman, and when she left that message, you could hear the bomb, the explosions in the background. It was very scary, actually, because it was like, you know, you're talking and you don't know if you're next, if you know, you're gonna be um, the, the next victim. Um, but she, uh, she was also saying the same thing as the brother. Like, you know, they, they know, they have iman, they put their trust, and throughout that, they put their trust in Allah, and throughout her conversation, you know, she said several times, she said it several times as she was speaking and as the explosion were were happening and so what I'm uh, I'm really uh, I want to say I feel very humbled by all of this meaning that you study something in the scripture in the book in the speech of Allah that talks about companions over fourteen hundred years ago. And you could be like, Wow, these companions they were amazing, you know. But they they were with wasallam, you know? And you may even think, if I were with Rasulullah, you know, you just think that way. You never know, of course, if if we Allah knows best what we would have done. But you're like you're amazed at how the Sahaba was so, you know, um, Strong in Iman and everything. And we see this ayah here, like I just shared with you. But then in 2023, you see human beings going through some really difficult situations and showing you how they're also saying, wa How they're resisting, how they're staying strong, how they're staying firm. And they're saying, wa And it's It really humbled me. It made me think like, it made me think, well, it made me realize that I have a lot of work to do on my iman. And it made me realize that, you know, the test, all the tests that we're going through as, as Muslims, as believers, as humans, they are custom made for us. There is a reason why I'm not tested with the test that you're being tested with. There's a very good reason. I probably would not have passed that test. We saw that in, uh, in June three, right? la allahu Allah knows what we can take. He knows what is our potential, what we can bear, what we cannot bear. And he will not put on us something that we cannot bear. And so whenever we, fa- we face a trial, a situation that we find difficult, a threat, then we need to remember that, again, what we said last time, that if it has reached your door, it means you can handle it, number one, with the help of Allah, number two, and trust it completely to your Lord. And say with conviction, "Hasbunallahu wa وَنِعْمَ I want to leave you with what Asadi says here. He says this verse speaks of the obligation to fear Allah alone. And it tells us that this is one of the requirements of faith a person's fear of allah will be commensurate with the level of his faith this is the praiseworthy kind of fear that deters a person from doing that which allah has forbidden may allah make us among those who will fear him may allah make us among those who will rely on him in every situation that we face whether it's a joyful situation or the scariest of situations that we've ever faced. May Allah give us a tawfiq to completely rely on him. May he be sufficient for us. May we feel it in our hearts. May we say hasbun allahu wa ni'ma al-wakeel with conviction, with with iman, with tawakkul, with taqwa may Allah give us all of that Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama salli'ta ala Ibrahim wa ala Ali Ibraheema innaka hamidun majid wubarik ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama barakta ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibraheema innaka hamidun majid Allah knows best, every good is from him any mistake is from me, may Allah forgive me until next week, another Jews Another ayah and other reflections. Be itna la Subhanaka lahum bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruka wa atub ilayk. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Subhanaka Rabbi al-Gizah. Amma yasifun. Wassalamu ala al-Mursaliin. والحمد لله رب العالمين